Blog Talk Radio. All right, we want to greet everyone. I'm now in the Lord Christ. We're so grateful for the Lord to come before you and share with you the things that the Lord has laid on our hearts to share today. It is such a blessing to uh, just come, uh, be a part of your morning with you all, and to um, really dig down into God's Word to see what He has to say. Um, Prayers is that you won't take it lightly, that you will not um, take these things for granted. So that, uh, and and I, and I believe that you know it's the Lord's will for us to uh, start our day in His Word, start our day in prayer. And my prayers is that before we, before you listen, uh, before you call in or watch, that you are praying as well, that the Lord will speak to you, and that you are. Um, getting yourself ready and getting yourself prepared to hear what God has to say. Because I think it's very important that we as believers, uh, we make the Lord Jesus our focus uh, for the day, that we make the Lord uh, our center for that for the every day, and that we don't get so caught up in in the things of this life that we cannot spend time with God. And I think that that's one of the things that the enemy wants to try to get us focused on so many uh, different things uh, that we don't have time for God. So let's, and that's part of the reason for these uh, messages is to help us to focus, you know, on the things of God and help us to keep, um, help us to keep God the center of our lives. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you, Lord, for waking us up today. We thank you for allowing us to come before you, Lord, to hear from you. God, we ask that you will speak plainly to us today, that you will watch over us, Lord, as we go throughout our day. Help us not to not to lose our focus, but help us, Lord, to uh, keep you the center of our lives, Lord. And I pray right now for every individual that's listening or watching. Lord, I ask that you will bless them, that you will help them, Lord, give them spiritual blessings, open their eyes to things they may not have seen before, open their ears to things they may not have heard before, Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you will continue to help us to grow day by day as we get in your word, Lord. We know that your word says that without you we could do nothing. And so, Lord, I ask that you help us to keep you in our lives, and in the center of our lives, Lord. Help us to remain focused. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. We're so grateful to him. All right, if you have your Bible, let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians, we're going to, uh, in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. And we're going to start reading at verse 18. 
for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. I think that to me, that's a very, very interesting verse. If you really, really pay attention to that. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish. Now, when he's talking about perish, a lot of times when we think about when we think about somebody that has perished, we're thinking about someone that has gone to hell, like somebody that has not uh, has missed heaven and, and the, the lake of fire is their destination. I think that's very interesting. So when we're talking about perishing, now that now you have to get that. When we're talking about perishing, we're talking about people who have gone to the lake of fire. In other words, who have gone to hell, who did not go to heaven, and they've been an eternity away from God. But I think it's very interesting. If you read this carefully, look what he says. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. The idea is this, is that the people who who reject the word, they're already perishing. They are, they are perishing while they are alive. In other words, they are living in a hell today. What, what exactly is hell? What, what makes it so bad? It's the separation from God. That's, that's, it's not necessarily the flames. It's not the torment that comes with it. It's the eternal separation from God. And when somebody is living even in this life and they are separated from God, they are already there. You see that? They are already tormented. Isn't that something? That you don't have to wait to go to hell to get there. You're already there. Your life is there. You know, and you know it because of the misery that's behind people. You know, we get comments from people. We get emails from people. Uh, who question what what is preached and really who have a problem with this ministry and you know and I think <clears throat> to me personally I don't pay attention to any of that I'm, uh, you know I know the enemy is out there and 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 the devil has transformed a whole lot of, of so-called ministers into angels of light uh, and it's the, the it's all designed to um, to uh, deceive people and so I get people who are the servants and who are associated with these so-called, you know, these angels of light who have been transformed themselves into angels of light. And um, you could tell that people are tormented, you know, and, and I can tell, like, I, I have heard many false prophets. I have heard many things that I did not agree with, uh, but I, I in no way feel no need to write them about it or anything like that. I only do what I feel led to do when it comes to people. Uh, But I pray for people that we all come into the knowledge of the truth. And I don't think that because somebody preached differently than me, like have a different style or whatever the case is, that that automatically makes them false. I I would have to be tormented to just let what other people are doing get to me. And so when we get those emails, when we get those uh, comments and things like that, and it's, it's you know, uh, watch groups and folks that's watching, you know, but not trying to learn anything is what I call it. Uh, I know already that they are tormented. I know for a fact that this ministry preaches the word of God, 
and nobody can, you know, you, you can't speak anything against that. Uh, and, and I know that, of course, there are other ministries that do the same, that preach the word of God. And I and I just feel like whenever uh, you can tell when somebody is tormented, when somebody is already perished, in other words, you you can tell when they are already on that road because that that word that's being preached is going to stir them up, it's going to get them upset, you know, it's good, it's going to offend them, and that's the reason why Jesus said, "Blessed are you." Blessed are those that are not offended in me. You see that? And so look at what Paul says. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. In other words, it's crazy to them when the, when the cross is preached, when the word of God itself is preached. It's, it's foolishness to them. In other words, to them. Now, and Now, what is he talking about? From their perspective, it's foolishness. But it's not foolishness. It, to them that perish, in other words, they're already tormented. They're already separated from God. To them, it's foolishness. And so the question is, though, so do we address w- where people are? No, and I'm going to tell you why. Jesus, in his word, he said, he prayed a prayer. He said, Father, I thank you that you have hidden these things. What was he talking about? His wisdom and his understanding, the understanding of the word. He said, I thank you that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. Now, here's the idea. Uh, one reason why we don't address people's foolishness and their perspective and where they're coming from is because they are not yet babes. We're only interested in addressing people who are humble enough to receive God's word, who have the mindset of, you know what, I might just be wrong in what I think, you know, God's word is not meant to mix with foolishness. God's word is not meant to convince the wise and the prudent. It it can only convince babes, the wise and the prudent. And that's one of the mistakes we as believers make when we are trying to convince people who are already convinced in their minds, even though they're at, you know, they are perished. In other words, even though they're at a place where, the the the, uh, the cross being preached to them is foolishness. You see that you first the first thing people have to do to live by God's word and to grow by it is be humble enough to receive it. If you're not humble enough to receive it, or if you know someone that's not humble enough to actually receive God's word, then you going back and forth with them ain't gonna make no difference. You know, uh, and. and uh, Ultimately, you will get frustrated trying to convince somebody who's grown and who think they are grown and mature in the Lord. And you will become frustrated trying to get them to see God's word for the way that it, it really is. You see that? So let's go ahead and keep reading there. In verse 18, it says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Now, how, how is it the power of God for us? So to understand what he's talking about when he's saying the preaching of the cross, to other people, foolishness. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God. So in other words, when somebody is not saved, they, they're perishing. They, they're in that state already. So everything that goes on in hell now is going on in their lives. 
you see that, that they feel like they have no hope. And they, it's just, you know, they get sick. They don't even know how to pray because that's just, this is just a part of life. It's, that's, it's foolishness to preach another cross. Salvation is foolishness to them in its purest form. You see that? But look at what it says. But unto us which are saved. So in other words, it can't be the power of God for those that are perished. To us, we can walk around and say, yes, the Lord healed me. He changed my life. And, and, and But we're coming from the standpoint of salvation. It, to us, the power of God. To us, it represents power. But to the foolish, to the to the to those that perish, it's foolishness, isn't it? Something. So it's foolishness to this group, but it's the power of God to the other group. Now the question is, what side are you on? What is the what is it to you? You see. So to us, it's the power of God. So what does that mean? The the the, the contrast, the two contrasts that we see in that scripture, is foolishness and power of God. Now, what? So the word of God is the power of God to us. It, it's His power. What is it? What does it mean when it's talking about power? It's talking about the ability to change us from the inside out. You see that? It changes us. So how do you know then that somebody is perishing? How do you? How can you tell? Now, even if you, you sit, so let's say, for instance, you're, you're sitting across the table from someone. And you're talking to them about God's word. And and maybe the enemy have just said, you know, don't say nothing, you know, to them. Don't don't say nothing. Don't make an expression. Don't do anything. So the question is, how can you tell that somebody is perishing if they're not saying anything, if they're not telling you, you know what, I don't accept that. I don't agree with what you're saying. How can you tell? Because if there's no power in their lives. In other words, they're not changing. People who are perishing, if, if, the, if, if the preaching of the cross is not the power of God to them, in other words, if it's not changing their lives, in other words, if they are going to church and they are still the same, they're not changing, they are not producing the fruit of the Spirit, if they are just going through religious work, you know, just going to church, they, they might be doing all these things in church, but at home, they're just the same old nasty person, same bad attitude, you know, just still living a treacherous life or whatever the case is. Not changing at all, not having a loving spirit. Then that's how you know that they are perishing. That's how you know that those that individual is is the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them. They may not ever speak with their mouth. They may not ever say, you know what, I don't agree with that. I don't believe in all that. How can you tell that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to someone is if that preaching is not changing their lives? If somebody say that they are a Christian, but they are not displaying the same things that Christ displayed, if they can say, you know what, I don't feel like I have to act a certain way with people. I don't feel like I, I need to do a certain thing. I don't, you know, and especially if you could show them in God's word what God's word says, we ought to do this and we ought to do that. If, if And I don't care how long they claim to be, have been saved, even if they're claiming to do miracles, or they claim to be used by God, being used by God, 
does not equal salvation. It could, you see, Judas was being used by God, but that word did not change his life. There will be evidence. Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, not, listen, not even by their doctrine, not even by what they preach, you see, by their fruits. Didn't the Bible says that 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 even the even uh, the ministers of Satan transform themselves into the angels of light? In other words, ministers of light they can look like a certain way. They can listen to a righteous preacher and try to preach along those same lines. Jesus said, "It's not folks that call themselves true prophets, uh, apostles, or uh, anything like that. That even you know they're false apostles that have transformed themselves into." angels of, of light, in, in other words, ministers who look like God's preachers. The Lord says, by their fruit, you shall know them. By their fruit, you shall know them. You see that? And what, how, how is it by their, why, in other words, why would the Lord say, what, what is fruit? It's their action. What they're displaying, in other words, how they are, and, and things like that. God, listen, God changes that brute person. You see, God changes people. He he changes. That's what that's what that preaching of the cross does. It changes how a person is. They don't try to adjust. It. And listen, and let me make this clear. This isn't something that you can put on. This is not something that you can pretend. You your life is going to be changed, and people are going are going to know that you are changed. I, I'm telling you, that's how you know the difference there. Uh, a changed life. Whatever you were doing, whatever your desires were before, that's not going to be there anymore. You're, you are no longer, you will learn to hate the way that you were. You will not hold on to how you were. The first thing you're going to become aware of is your sinfulness. Your sinful nature, like something that you may have been blind to before. So the first thing the power of God does is, listen, well, what were we instructed to do in the book of Acts? To repent. You see that? To repent. And so what makes a person repent? When they have been exposed to themselves. Now, they're already exposed to everybody else that's, if they're walking, if the person, other people are walking in light. Everybody who's walking in light can see darkness and when it's in the room. But when that when that power of God is preached, when when the power when the cross is preached, in other words, the word of God in its purest form, when it is preached, it exposes the darkness into that particular individual. The preaching of the cross holds up a mirror to that person's face and they're able to see clearly what condition they're in and that's what makes them repent and they no longer want to be that way. But when somebody's going to church, playing church, when, when somebody is in somebody's church and, and they're just going through the motions, they have no desire to change because they don't see anything wrong. In fact, what they do is they spend their time justifying their behavior. So <laughs> and the sad thing is those people don't know that they're already separated. If Listen, it is impossible for God to be in your life and not change you. Let me make that clear. 
That is impossible. If God is in your life, you do not stay the same. It is impossible to remain the same, and God is still there. How do you know that you are in? You are not in uh, uh, a part of a godly ministry. Is if you're not, if your life is not changing, or you're at least uh, not being convicted. You see that? Because there are some people that's just stubborn enough that they can feel convicted and just, you know, go on. But I'm telling you, if God is in your life, He changes you. And and and, and the presence of God is going to do one of two things: you're going to either recognize that you need to change and allow Him to change you, or you're either run in the other direction because you know I cannot hold on to this type of power and not be changed. But you will not. It is impossible for God to be in your life and you remain the same. It is impossible. It is to look at what it says. But in, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. You see that? Let's read verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of, in other words, now how does he destroy it? And how does he bring the, the understanding of the prudent to nothing. When you can walk around saying you're a believer, that you, you're a Christian, in other words, you are Christ-like and not display Christ's behavior. You see that? And not, that's how he destroys it. In other words, you be, you become the fool. You are, you're the deceived one. You see that? You are deceived. If you think you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you have not changed. You are deceived. And I'm going to tell you, that that one who's pretending is a miserable one. Why? Because when they are around true believers, if they are, then it becomes evident to them that they are, they, they're not getting anywhere. That's what makes them start trying to down those who are true believers. They start trying to bring other people down to their level. You see that? But I'm, I'm telling you, it is impossible. Now, this is for somebody. It is impossible for God to be in your life and you not change. And what makes you miserable is you feel like you have to put on. That's what makes folks not want to be around true believers. And oftentimes what people would do is they would go and find a ministry or a church somewhere where the true gospel isn't being preached and so that they don't feel condemned. They go find people that are just as lukewarm as they are, and they think, okay, so now yeah, yeah, I, 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 this is a true church, and, and, you know, so, and these are believers, they love people, so, you know. But if I'm telling you, sir or ma'am, if your life have not changed, if you're still the way you were when you call yourself coming to the Lord, you haven't come to the Lord. You are deceived. When God is a part of your life, you will change. You will see what condition you're in, and you will no longer want to be that way. And and not and not only will you no longer want to be that way, but that power of God, it will change you from the way that you were. It will change what you despised about yourself. You will, And it won't be some five or ten-year process to change either. So don't be deceived. Do not think that 
you can take on God's word, that you can hear God's word, you can say all day long with your mouth. I believe that. I believe God's word. But I'm telling you, if how do you know you believe? I'm talking about with your heart. When that word that you're hearing changes you, you know that's what makes it hard on God's prophets today that are preaching God's word, those ministers that God has sent. That's what makes it hard on them because let me let me make this clear. God's ministers are sent to challenge people. God's ministers are sent to call people up to a higher level, to, to a level of holiness. To God, when, let me make it, when God's ministers preach, it, it is clear the difference between the world and the church. That's what's made clear. And the only people that have a problem with God's two ministers are those people who are still blended with the world but who are deceived and think that they are called of the Lord or that they are actually blown to God. When you belong to God, it changes you to the point where you know that there's a difference, and people, even in the world, will know there's a difference between you and them. God's word changes us. God's word is the power of God. You see that? In other words, what power? The power to change us. We are different. We know we don't have to put on lips. When, when uh, of course, you've heard me say this before, uh, some of you. Uh, my dad died when I was six years old, so I didn't study him. I didn't think in my mind at that age, well, you know, I only, I only have a few months to live with him. You know, I only, I'm going to only be around him for a little while longer, so let me study him. You know, I, and I'm his son, and I'm carrying his name, so let me study him so I can act like him. So he died when I was six. To me, it was unexpected. But as I got older, especially when I became a man, I would be talking to individuals. I'd be around people uh, that knew him, and they would say, you know, your dad used to do that. You know, I had a habit. Uh, a song would come to me, and I would hum it, and then I would sing it. Start off humming it, and then I would start singing it. And and I had an auntie tell me, you know, your dad used to do that. And then I, there's some things like um, just just different things just throughout life that people would tell me, you know, you walk like your dad. You know, you talk like your dad. Even your laugh is like your dad and things like that. So these were not things that I studied about him. Now, this is what I'm saying. When you, there are things that I've done just because I'm his son, not because I studied him to try to imitate him in any kind of way, just because I'm his son, those things come. Let me make this clear. When you are a son or daughter of God, you don't have to study God. You're going to be like him. You ain't reading scriptures just for the purpose of, okay, so the Bible says for me to do this, so let me, I guess let me do that. So you putting on. When you receive the word of God, it that's what changes you. Not you making up your mind you're going to be a certain way. You you are automatically changed. You you walk like God and you talk like God because you are a son or, or a daughter of God. It's the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. I'm telling you, anything else is just putting on. You are just pretending. 
You see that? And so God wants us to understand that. See, His power, His power changes us. We can't help but to act like Him when He lives on the inside of us. You see that? When we are His, listen, because if you took on the sinful nature of your parents just because you were born, when you become born again, if you are really born again, you put off that sinful nature and you put on the nature of God. And it's not something that you have to study. Everybody see, it's not something that you have to pretend. You are miserable if you're just walking around going through the motions of it. God's word and his spirit living on the inside of you, that's what changes you. It gives you the it gives you the power to change. The book of John that to those that believed on him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. It takes power to to act like God. Power to be His son. Anything outside of that is just pretending, and you're gonna be miserable because you're perishing. You see that? So let's 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 examine ourselves. Ask ourselves this: Lord, have I changed? Am I a new creature in Christ? Okay, so if I have to walk around trying to love people, trying to do this, I'm trying to do that. God, you ain't got to try nothing. I didn't have to try to be my daddy's son. I, I was born that, so I ain't never had to prove to anybody. You see that? So if you're walking around trying to do something, then you might need to examine whether or not you believe God, whether or not you actually belong to him. Because when you are born again, you ain't trying nothing. That's just who you are. You see that? When you are born again, you are a new creature. You have changed. Your thought process changed. Your, the way you look at life, it changes. You are no longer the same. You don't have to pretend. And listen, and some of you deep down inside, when you're around believers, you despise those that are just walking in God's grace with it. You despise it because you feel like, well, I guess I'm around church folks. Let me, you know, cause that, and that's the very reason why some people stay away from true believers. Because to them, it's like, okay, and that's where this whole comparison thing comes in at. Because to them, it's like, you know, I guess uh, Brother Bolton act this way, Sister Bolton or whoever act this way. I guess I need to, you know, act that way. Or the Bible say, well, the word went forth today, so let me see if I can try this. Oh, you ain't trying nothing. It's it, that it's a part of you. You didn't have to try to sin. You didn't have to try to live for the devil. You were. That was who your daddy was. But when you become born again and you accept your heavenly father, you're going to act like him the same way it took you no effort to live in sin. It took you no effort to do it. You didn't have to try. The same way it took you no effort to live in sin. That was just a part of your nature. And you were just out doing what your nature, what was natural to you. The same thing is true when you have sold out to God. You're going to do what comes natural. And that's how you know. Whatever, listen, whatever comes natural to you, that's where you are. If it comes natural to you to snap back at people, that's who your daddy is. If all those things come natural to you, but they're, they're lining up with the works of the flesh, then that's who you are. But if it comes natural to you to love people, kind, to be patient, if it comes natural to you to have, in other words, the fruit, that's the reason why 
that God gives us that list in the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians, the fruit. In other words, measure yourself by that. Am I producing this naturally or do I have to put on? You see that? If you're producing those things naturally, it's because it's a part of you. It's just what's natural to you. You can't help but to love. If you have the fruit of the Spirit, you, you, if you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, you can't help but to be patient if you have that Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. All of it's going to be there. But if it's not naturally there, then then you have to pick and choose. Okay, so my love walk is good, but I'm going to be working on my patience because I have absolutely no patience. Listen, if you don't have any patience, it's because you don't have God. That's just the bottom line. That's the bottom line, you see that. So let's 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 know that. Let's first thing we have to do is know where we are in God. That's the first thing we have to do. Know where we are in God. Know if we're even in God. You see that. And and if we know that we're not in God, then let's get there. Let's, let's get out of that line that perish. Let's get into that line that have accepted Jesus Christ and and have accepted salvation. Amen. So we want to say thank you all for joining us today. We pray that something was said that have blessed you, and we look forward to hearing from you concerning this message, and uh, we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.